So this weekend I had a wedding and it was a really good wedding. Um, and this is gonna shock you. I usually don't like weddings because there's a lot of drama, um, but there was no drama in this wedding. Um, it was, just have to say, it was just this great celebration of nearly spirituality and family and unity. And I think part of it is that, and this is gonna be my point, uh, the family they're from here, uh, they put Christ first before everything else and you get everything secondary. And so like at the wedding, um, like one side was non, not Catholic, but still like they put the important things important. And so um, at the wedding, like, yeah, the bride looked beautiful and it was great, but in one sense, the family was really easygoing. Um, even like they came into the office in Francesca, Francesca said to the mother of the bride, she says, you're so easy going about this. And she says, oh, yeah, we're not worried. And when they had the re uh, rehearsal dinner, they had it in the uh, great room, uh, just really sense of unity. Um, the bride looked great, everything was great. People were kind. Um, and I know this sounds strange. At the reception, like the, the one family of this, one kid, um, I think he's like 26, but he's very quiet, uh, very bookish, kind of shy, barely, like could barely get any words out of him. And one aunt sees him against the wall and walks over and grabs his hand and he doesn't resist and takes him out on the dance floor. And you know, all ages dancing and she starts to dance with him and he doesn't resist. It was just this great wedding. Um, and here's my point. It was a great wedding because they weren't worried about making sure everything was fancy. They were just, and this is another thing. I loved how when they got up to talk about the bride and groom, they thanked the Eknesses who were um, catering the wedding. And they said, we're so lucky the Eknesses is family here in Coeur d'Alene. Like, rarely do you find anybody thank the caterers because you're paying for them. But, you know it's Coeur d'Alene and they've known them for years and they're just so happy that the Eknesses could join them. Um, and everything was unity. So my point, if you put the first things first, you get everything. If you put secondary things first, you lose everything. So, so many weddings, they worry about the reception and spend huge amounts of money and trying to control everything. And it's not really that joyful. And they did this study, the more you spend on your wedding, uh, financially, um, the less likely your wedding is to last. Don't you think that's kind of funny? Uh, I think because you put secondary things above God. Um, but this wedding, I'm pretty sure because it will last because they put the most important things first. And yeah, it was a great family celebration, but it was a great family celebration because the thing that was most important to them was Christ. Even when the, the father got up to speak and she says, oh, you know, when my daughter said she wanted a wedding, she says, the first thing I want is a Catholic mass. Like, um, I, I just think the whole family, they're kind, generous, but they put God first and they get everything else. Um, so when Jesus says, and it's a great line, yeah, people always mistake and say, oh, Jesus is pro-family. Really? Where does Jesus say anything that's pro-family? He says, do not think I've come to bring peace. I've come to bring the sword, to divide father against son. Now, he's not anti-family. That's not my point. He's speaking in hyperbic language that 
a lot of people think, well, and I know some religious people who they put their family first and then they want to add Christ later and they lose it all. Uh, you put Christ first and you get everything. I know this one family, I love them. They're a great family. But the parents would always say to their kids, just to let you know, I love you 100%, but I will not support you on everything. You know, uh, just to let you know, if you ever, if you commit a crime or kill somebody, I will still love you, but I will not support you. I put God first, even before you. Could you imagine a parent saying that? And that family turned out great. Um, now, there's this YouTube thing I saw that I'm really disgusted. For some reason, people thought it was funny. So this middle-aged daughter um, is driving home, and they want to pull a joke on the father. So she calls her father on the phone. She says, oh, you know, I, I just got pulled over for the, by the police for speeding. But I told them my father called me, and you fell, and you need immediate help, and they're following me. So when I arrive there, you have to be on the floor pretending to be, um, uh, have fallen. So they do the whole thing and they video him and he's there on the floor, ah, because he thinks the cops are there and they want to get out of the speeding ticket. Now, personally, I find it disgusting. Like that child, a full-grown adult, should have known, no, my parents put uh, Christ, morality, above getting out of a speeding ticket. It's not funny. Does that make any sense? Um, that's a division Christ wanted. Now, I'm still going to go on. Sorry, it's going to be a long homily. Same thing with politics. I think people put politics above Christ. They, they put their politics first and then want to use a lot of religious language. And uh, on Sunday, I just started reading this new book by Timothy Egan. Anybody else reading Timothy Egan? Oh, don't you love him? Honest God, if I, when I become emperor of the world, I'm going to make every teenager read his book, The Immortal Irishman. That's one of my top 20 favorite books. It's so good. But now he came out with another book, and it's called Fever in the Heartland. And it's about the KKK. I'm only on chapter six. But the KKK promoted themselves that they're pro-family. That the KKK, they believe in sexual purity. They're pro-family. Um, you know, they tried to promote that. They even hired these preachers to um, preach kind of the KKK message that they just believe in morality. What's interesting is that all the leaders of the KKK noted for beating their wives, cheating on their wives, um, uh, rape, all this horrible stuff, but a lot of image. So they put their politics first and then they want to add the Jesus language just to create this image. And all it does is lead to ruin. Another political thing today, once again, the first reading. You have um, Pharaoh uh, ask the midwives, Egyptian midwives, kill the Egyptian babies. But the midwives, this sounds kind of strange, they feared God. Even though they're pagans, they feared God. And so they refused to. Um, and so God blesses the... The, these really midwives and nurses because they stood up for life. They didn't put politics uh, ahead of God. Or today's feast day is, uh, this one morning, right? St. Hedwig of Poland, kind of bizarre. Um, she becomes, by this strange twist, uh, the king of Poland, even though women weren't allowed to. She becomes the king of Poland. I know technically a queen, but 
No, she had all authority. She was married, but um, she becomes queen and very holy woman. Um, so very, very holy. But she's a political leader and everything in Poland worked out great because she put Christ first. Or it's also the feast day of the martyrs of uh, these nuns that were killed in the French Revolution. Um, and so, yeah, they were martyred. But think about this. In the French Revolution, they said that they put um, unity and liberty and education first. And then what happened was there's this huge, the streets of uh, France ran with blood. Because you can always find somebody, uh, some logical reason why we need to kill you. That they wanted to do away with, um, really, religion and what ended is like China or Russia, the streets ran with blood. So my only point being, whether it's family or politics, doesn't matter. You put God first and everything works out like St. Hedwig. You put anything above God, your family or politics, and it always leads to ruin. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, Thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.